So you like bold red wine most of the time With notes of fig and raisin You like a cold brew and pitching horseshoes As the sun is fading You like football games and dishing out nicknames With Godfathers 1 and 2 But not so fast, we got them podcast We like that too we like that too. We like that too. We like that too. We like that too. Hey, Bon Vivants, welcome back to the We Like That Too podcast. I'm Brad Jones, and of course, joining me is Mr. Keith Inloo. Hey, how's it going? And we are overlooking today. Oh, we got a great view. Beautiful don't we? Table Rock Lake. Yes, we, we do. are not in the Bon Vivant International Media Center. No, uh, my basement. No. Um, so we we are out on the road, and it may have a different sound. We've got some hard surfaces around us, and oh, we have a studio bit. audience today. We have. Hey, and. There you listen, go. Listen to that. Yeah. That's pretty good. And we have a thunderstorm rolling in, so you may hear some uh, may Mother hear Nature little, in the background. Uh, we might hear a little run, rolling rolling thunder yeah. here. So, uh, you know. But we more just, importantly we just, than that, we have a, we I want have you a, to introduce our guest. Well, we have a wonderful guest. It is, uh, it is somebody that I have respected uh, most of the time, most of his career. And um, he's a singer. He's a songwriter. And... Uh, Honestly, I I will say he is one of the people that I've enjoyed listening to for so so many years, yeah. and it is Mr. Bob Carwin. Why are you whispering? We're on the radio. He's going to do a sound effect. Oh. I can always tell when Brad's getting ready to do a sound effect. He's got a little torso. That's come a good on, one, though. Come on, people, you can do better than that. Okay. It's Bob Carwin. There it is. There it is. All right. All right. All right. It's either applause or a really loud rainstorm. <laughs> Gentlemen, I have to tell you, that might be a record for the most reasons a show sounds awful right out of the gate. <laughs> As I said, that's a really bad sound effect, isn't it? Well, yeah, just, yeah. by the way, I want to tell everybody, in case you're listening to this show and you think it sounds terrible, uh, we're, we're in a weird location. We've got a lot of hard surfaces. There's thunderstorms. I've got terrible sound effects. And uh, we're at a place we don't really understand. Now here's Bob Carwin. <laughs> well, 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 nobody's going to notice that, gentlemen. You know what? You're Bob, right. Bob, You're right. That's, a, that's an interesting intro because I was going to tell Keith a couple little stories about the first times that I ever heard you. Um, How long are these stories going to take? They're, gonna, they're not going to take very long Good. at all. Because we you went, know what we need to get to first. I know. We're going to get to that here all in just right. a minute. I'm going to tell this, these quick little stories. We were down at Party Gras, P-A-R-D-I, down in New Orleans. And we, it, yeah, it was. It's a Jerry Diaz production. And we went down. And uh, the night that we were down there, it was cold as a well digger's ass. It was freezing in the in the French Quarter, hmm. and we what had to go. What is your frame of reference? And we had to go. Re, we had to go register, and for some unbelievable reason, the registration line went through a little courtyard there at the Bourbon Orleans, and I thought, oh my, it was freezing, and somebody out was out there playing. And I thought, who is the stupid son of a bitch that said, I would play out here in the courtyard. This will be great. Oh, let's see. It was Bob Carwin. So the other time. Are he, you implying that I selected that spot in time? No. No. 
hang on. I was relegated to it by the great Jerry Diaz. Well, and here's another opportunity. He goes down the street a few party girls later, and he gets to play at the Tropical Isle. And that's the one where the bar wraps around, and you kind of stand on top of the bar. So Bob gets the slot where everybody else in the entire conference is out on a pub crawl. I don't know what it is with Diaz and you, but obviously he gives you the shittiest slots down at Party Gras. Can I can I just jump in for a Please second? Jump in and notice I how think you, there's a problem here, and we, I don't know what it is, but you're not getting good slots at Party Gras. I'm you just call saying. Party Gras a conference. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe that's that probably, the problem that, we've that got might right have been there. A little strong. Yeah, yeah. So I was I was there. I had my PowerPoint set up, and I had some. <laughs> And, and notepads, and uh, I put my trifold board behind me, and it said, uh, "You know, come come visit Bob Carwin." And uh, it was before smart. If there's more so. than fifty people there, it's a conference to Brad. Yeah, fair so, enough. So. Yeah, yeah. You had your flip charts. I I, I, I know indeed. Brad has warned me, Bob, that he's got lots of stories to tell, and I want to hear them. Uh, I am sort of new to the trop rock world. I love the music, but Brad and Brenda are educating us slowly and surely, and uh, I can probably find many other better teachers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm stuck with what I'm stuck with. So. That's, that's not so bad. That's not too bad a faculty right now. Yeah, so we're uh, we're going to have fun with that. But before we get too far down the road, it is my responsibility on the podcast to keep us on track. And the uh, subtitle the way is... you have one of those people? That's yeah, you? That's me. Yeah, all right. Yeah, but, yeah we're... You know, our standards are pretty low. So. <laughs> Believe it or not. But yeah. we start with one bottle. And actually, I think we might do... Two bottles I think we today. got a, We have a twofer here. I don't know. We've got a whole lot of uh, background on the one. That's okay. Because, but but the one I do have actually some. It was offered up, and we're not going to deny it. So. No, no, we're not. All right. So so we're going to do rum today because we were told that you are a uh, a fan of the beverage. I am and, indeed. Uh, so Brad. Take us away. Tell us what we're going to – what do you want to do first? Well, I'm going to do the Don Poncho first. Okay. Um, All right. And it's a pretty interesting story. Don Poncho is actually the nickname of Francisco Jose Fernandez Perez. Did you like that? I rolled, I rolled the R's. You did indeed. Yeah, that did. was outstanding. Barely. I'm not sure where the nickname comes from. I don't know. <laughs> why do they call that guy Don Poncho? I, I have I have no idea. But okay. It's like, why do they call the guy named Richard Dick? <laughs> yeah, don't don't be a Richard. Right. Like That's you right. are now, Bob. Thanks. <laughs> uh, so it, I'm just trying to get my history straight. <laughs> Actually, uh, he moved to Panama. But when you try this, you're actually tasting a little bit of Cuba because this guy grew up in Cuba and worked in several rum distilleries. And it's a pretty good story because he went to Panama and he liked the way when they grew the cane, it was similar, he thought, right. to, to the way they grew it in, in Cuba. And so originally what he did was he really didn't have any plans to make this a big commercial kind of a rum. He made it as a sort of a special sort of uh, – what am I trying to say? He wanted to drink it himself. Yeah, he wanted to drink it himself. <laughs> Um, I'm jealous so he, of him. So he came up with this 18-year-old, and he's also got an 8-year-old. And uh, it kind of caught on, and he's like, well, you know, capitalism isn't so bad. And this is a, a beautiful uh, rum. So, Absolutely gorgeous. But, it, it, you know, it, it is Panamanian, but it, it its roots really are in some of the – what he learned through growing up and making the rums in Cuba. Cuban, so, Cuban-inspired Panamanian Cuban rum. So let's try it. So this let's is 18 years old. The color, Bon Vivants, is a beautiful 
dark amber. Oh my gosh! Almost tan. Yeah, I mean, a, a deep tan. Caramel. Um, yeah. It is yeah. caramel. The, the nose is ph- yes. phenomenal. The, you don't the, even. The nose is fantastic. It's yeah. just fantastic. Yep. I can't get it in my mouth. The microphone's in the way. <laughs> just scoot back. The scoot professional back. musician, oh, ladies and gentlemen. Are you get a bass player? Yeah. This <laughs> big, big disc on the end of the microphone. I'm. <laughs> Oh, I so the caramel molasses, you know, dark molasses. Yeah. Uh, my grandfather used to take cane and make black strap molasses out oh, of it. Oh, so good. And this is, reminds me of that. What do you um, think, Bob? I think it's wonderful. It's, it, it doesn't have the uh, bite that a younger rum would have. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And you can see the color. And a lot of times, you know, they add sugar to it. They add the content to it. This doesn't taste like it's in there. And perhaps I'm, I, I don't know what the, the history of it, but it doesn't taste like it's got an added sugar content. It's got a very nice natural rum flavor to it well and, and smooth uh, it goes down very smoothly this is and we're we're drinking it with a big rock yep well we you are in need, the ozarks well well Keith you don't I, need to add anything to this okay, you know yeah you certainly yeah. don't need to disguise the, the flavor of no. this with coke or anything put so. this in a coke and you should be shot yeah okay. pretty much yeah. i'm thinking we can't right. be friends there's a, there's a cognac called louis Cator's, which is Right. Incredibly expensive, so I assume the Bon Vivants have heard about it. The Bon Vivants, I'm sure, have heard about it. And I was in a, I was at the top of the Paris in Vegas, and there, I decided to high roll it and got it. And what they do is they pour it into a shot glass, and they pour the shot glass, and they have this little device where they put over the glass, and it drips, and they let it drip because every drop is a penny. And uh, they were telling me a story about a guy had just been in there the week before, was a rapper, had gotten signed to a record deal, and he was drinking it with Coke. <sighs> right, that's the correct response. Oh, <laughs> oh man. Well, well, this is 18-year-old Don Poncho, and uh, actually, former guest on the show turned us on to this. It Tommy, was. Tommy Baker. It was, uh, it, was the, it was the brother of our One of the musical director, Baker boys. Mr. David Baker, yeah. by the way, who we yeah. have uh, not mentioned. Thank so you. For thank the, you, Tommy. Thank you, and thank you, David, for our uh, our intro music, yeah. which is uh, we appreciate. All right, what's the Very second much. one? The second one is bamboo. Bamboo. Bamboo rum. And it is from Barbados. Now, I had not had this before, and uh, one of our studio audience brought it in. That's right. We love studio audience people that we bring do. us booze. Anybody who brings us yes. bottles is uh, Anybody uh, always welcome. Bottles. So, We've had a very good rum uh, uh, run. <laughs> did you see what I did there? I did. You just wrote a Trap Rock song. <laughs> I, just, I just did. <laughs> I just did. We've had a good run of uh, having guests that actually provide the alcohol, yeah, which is have. great. We've had wineries and distilleries and... It's great. So, you go so this places. one I've not had. I, but when he showed me the bottle, I said, ah, I've seen that bottle mm-hmm. sitting on the shelf. It's a really, it's yeah, a it's really a, distinct and bottle. And so I'm glad I got to taste it, and thank you for bringing it in. This one's darker than the other. It's it's a little bit uh, it's a little bit heavier look to it. But it's completely different nose and completely different taste. This smells sweeter. It is sweeter. And yeah. it is sweeter. Yeah. But spiced candy apple is what I get off of this. That's the flavor I get. Bamboo is good. I've had bamboo before. Right. Yeah. That's, so, so what? And also very smooth. No bite. Do you whatsoever. have a favorite? Do you have a favorite sipping rum, Bob? I don't at the time. At, you do, as, maybe as you do right now. Well, maybe I do now. I, I'll tell you what. This first, this first one, uh, the Don Poncho, is 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 spectacular. Or Francisco Jose Fernandez Perez. Do you think if I ask for it that way at Bevmo, they'll know what I'm talking I, about? I'm sure being the bon vivant that you are, I'm oh, sure gosh. that you would get a response. They'd say, oh, Don Pancho. What a lot of people don't realize, though, about rum is that at the higher end, it's very much like a, a scotch. It is. Where you can sip it without the adornment. That's right. right. 
That's right. That's if, right. If and done we, properly. I, I Brenda think, and I went down to Barbados, and we went to uh, the Foursquare Distillery, and of course, Mount Gay's down there, and they make some of the finest rums in the world. Mount Gay was great. It was a great tasting room, but we didn't really go to the distillery. They have a, for the tourists, they have a really nice tasting room where they'd be glad to sell you lots of rum. But the Foursquare was built on an, a really old distillery, and it had the old blocks and stuff, and then they built around it. So it was a cool experience. If you ever get to get down to Barbados, that's a wonderful tour. And the setting is what you would expect for you know the palm trees and stuff. It's just absolutely gorgeous down there. And it, what was great is you go into their Rick House, and there's all these Kentucky bourbon barrels because that's what they age yeah. them in. And these barrels look like they've been through hell, but some of them are 7, 10, 14 years old, they, and they looked it. And yeah. that's what yeah. they put the rum in. And the inside's still good. The inside, yeah. Yeah. the inside is what happens to Don Pancho. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, Bob, to your point though, you know what? What I've learned through the years is uh-huh. that uh-huh. Uh-huh. all top shelf, high quality distilled spirits are meant to be sipped either neat or with an ice cube. They're not meant to be mixed into cocktails. There's a place for that kind of stuff, but don't. <laughs> Don't spend, in this case, $90 a bottle for Don Pancho and put Coke with it. Well, let me give you, you know. an example. Yeah, so I've said for years that the reason that Rotka well liquor exists is because the higher-end stuff exists, and they're trying to recreate it on a mass market. Right. But the reality is you can't because it's too expensive. So you get a taste of something that's super organic and delicious and homemade from the 1,000-year-old recipe. You say, great. I would like some of that. Well, yeah, that's going to be five hundred dollars a bottle. Great. What do you got in the range of sixteen ninety nine? Yeah, exactly. You exactly. And that's you know people are trying to recreate just the hint of the flavor. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah. there are all kinds of liquors or particular particular beverages that people will say, "I don't care for that." You say, "Well, hang on a second. And you let them try something from the special section, and they go. Oh, that's what that's supposed to taste exactly. like. Yeah. You are exactly, exactly right, and that, and that goes with wines. That goes with you know lots of things, and yeah. they, and, yeah. and 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 rums is one I'm kind of late to the game. I'll, I am too. I'll admit. I'm just starting. You know, in, I'm just, just getting into it. I thought it was a blender. You yeah. put it in your. Yeah. You put it in with your cokes, and, and I've been pleasantly yeah. surprised. So. Yeah, I have too. All right. Well, great. These are great. Great. Great thank two you. bottles today, and yeah. thank you uh, for everyone for participating and, and contributing. Um, Bamboo and Don Poncho. I will have to say that I'm larger than most of your. Guests, so that's why we're doing two bottles, right? Hadn't thought of that, but now that you mentioned it, we'll go with that. That's that's not a bad so, thing. Um, and we can get these, by the way, in Jefferson City at our bottle sponsor. That's right, exact. Thank you for bringing that that's up, Barvino, right. Bar-Vino beautiful downtown Bar-Vino Jefferson City, and Matt Green. And Bar Whiskey is and, now open. And Bar Whiskey, and yep. so, and every time I've been in Bar Whiskey, he is. Got more whiskeys and more and more of them. I mean, he's going to yeah, have he's going to have, gonna have the largest bar. selection of whiskeys in there. This bottle came from Barvino. Barvino. Yes. Sounds like he's got a little bit of a problem. Does anybody talk to him about that? It's not a problem it's for us. It's not a problem for us. <laughs> <laughs> and he's selling them, so, so it's yeah. not a problem for him either. Well, so. be- before we get any further, because we do want to get into the music and stuff like that, and we are going to talk a lot about music on this show. But here's something I learned recently, Brad about music and that is you know that we've got so many streaming sites nowadays places to get music ways to download it did you know that you can get music at your local library i did not so know we that. our local library is the missouri river region library and they are a sponsor of the show and we appreciate that but my contact there told me that they have multiple ways for 
patrons to get music. If you have a library card, you can get music at the library. Not only just renting CDs, there is a program now called Hoopla, and you download the app. And if you have a library card and a number and a location, you can download free music with your Hoopla app through the library. I think I think all Bon Vivants, whether it's classical or whatever music you want to listen to, I, I think if you can get it to the local library, that's pretty cool. Go to your local library. Ours is Missouri River Region Library right there in Jefferson City. But patronize your local library, not only for music, but they are a resource for all kinds of information. And uh, we appreciate them being a sponsor. So you bet. Check we it certainly out. do. You yeah. bet. Go hey, can to, can go I jump in on the library yes. topic yes. for a yes. second? Because yes. and Bob Carwin would like to talk about our ad. I'm a, so. I'm a, I, do, I, I would <laughs> because it, that's an excellent topic. And I think everyone – by the way, all, all the Bon Vivants, I'm sure, are reading the latest releases on books on, from the New York Times bestseller list. And new Bon Vivants enjoy reading them in paper form. That's right. true. Uh, bring them to the local library when you're done and donate them there. Oh, they, Our local library has a book drive every year, and they collect – Lots of books, yes. An excellent, yeah. excellent suggestion. Excellent idea. So, thank you. Thank yeah. you. Patronize your local library, and thank you, Missouri River Region Library, for uh, supporting the show. That's oh, right. you're such a good library. Don't patronize me. <laughs> <laughs> Just a big sweetie. Thank you. <laughs> All right. All right. Robert, you grew up in Boston, and I'm just curious – when you we were, when you were growing up in Boston, did you have a musical family? Or? No, 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 not okay. at all. Not at all. My uh, no one in my family played an instrument. My my dad had an accordion in the basement, squeeze box. No, 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 an actual <laughs> a full big on accordion. Polish accordion. Yeah. <laughs> Lawrence Welk. That's right. The big yeah. one. And uh, I also found when my father passed away back in 2007, we were going through the basement and I found a banjo in there that he had never taken. I didn't even know existed. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, uh, no one in my family is musical. We had musical instruments, but uh, I think they were because my family was Polish and was required. But there were no musical influences in my family whatsoever, which is probably why I ended up with really awful musical taste. I had to find my own way. It was sort of like being dropped in the desert and asking what your favorite food was. I had to find my own food in the desert. And so uh, there was a radio station in Boston, a classic radio station named WBCN. And WBCN, is their, one of their claims to fame was that Peter Wolf from the Jay Giles Band was once a radio DJ on WBCN. Yeah. And it was the place where you would go. It was sort of like the K-Rock in L.A. and in Boston. And, and it was the place to go here to cutting edge, newest, cool stuff. They would The DJs would come in and they'd bring the stuff that they heard in the clubs the weekend before, that kind of station. Yeah. And that was really where I heard a lot of stuff. But I grew up in a really weird time for music. So I grew up in the in the eighties, right? In New England. Like people talking about John Prine and Robert Earl Keane and all these. I'm like, oh Bragger. Whatever. I grew up in the era you, you of had no yeah, idea who those guys were. Work and squeeze. And, <laughs> yeah. So Flock of Seagulls. Flock of Seagulls. <laughs> yeah. All of my influences. Yeah, I was in high school when MTV started. I remember Men Without Hats. Yeah. Exactly. Safety <laughs> Dance. I always got safety dance. What was the difference between men at work and men without hats? <laughs> or why not men at work without hats? <laughs> well, you didn't have you, OSHA would shut you down. You got it exactly. You didn't have flock of seagull hair, did you? No, no all right. not at all. <laughs> just, just checking. I've no. always been very conservative with my hair. <laughs> but uh, so, yeah, I grew up in, in an era where I had to kind of find my own way in music. But what it did was when I finally started playing 
out in public, I had this vast wealth of knowledge from 1980s that I could play for two hours of just 80s radio hits. And for some reason, even though that was like 35 years ago, uh, it's resonated. And that, that part of music stuck in time. Like if you come out now and start playing 90s stuff, you want to play like Bone Thugs in Harmony and, <laughs> you know, Tony, Tony, Tony and that kind of stuff. That doesn't resonate. But that no. 80s it was great stuff party resonated. music, though. It, it was great, it was party, great music. party music. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, the bangles and, you know, some it's still to this day, you, even kids that weren't alive then, you know, you play some of that kind of music. It, it gets down to good music and fun music. Is universal. Is universal. And it'll, and it'll stand the test of time. Yep. Yeah. Well, everyone's taste freezes when they're 13 years old. So whatever you're exposed <laughs> to then, that's how things should be. And people are like, well, these kids today. And it drives me insane when I hear people say, well, you see these kids today. They're just sitting there staring at their phones. And and 30 years ago, if you saw somebody sitting there reading a book, be like, oh, look at that nerd reading a yeah. book. And, yeah. and it's like, oh, look at you with your movable type. It's, <laughs> it's whatever the technology was when you were that age, that's where it should freeze. Like, right. oh, these kids today with their smartphones. Oh, yeah. I, I used to have to call my friends on a princess phone from yeah. my sister's bedroom. And it's, it's, it, whatever the technology was when you learned it, that's where people think it should freeze. Right. Yeah. And well, uh, like for Keith and I and, and some others in this room, I mean, we hit it what you would call classic rock. We're talking right. mid 70s, right. uh, 75, 76, 77, which I consider some of the greatest years. It was ever for for music. Well, and I had an older um, si- you I had older that. I had older siblings who even brought the late sixties, you know the yeah. the beat and the flower generation into it, and so. But were um, were we right to your point? Were we right? No, not necessarily. But well, I think probably necessarily we were pretty close. Well, no, but, I think every generation has music that yeah endures. Yeah, that does endures. That does endures. There's so a guy I'm named Beethoven at, that still is kind of popular. Well, I'm looking at the best of 1977 music, and on this list comes the Star Wars theme. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I bet you can hum it. <laughs> <laughs> Star Wars. No Crazy words. old Star, Star Wars. Wars. Exactly. <laughs> every, every era has its horror. Yeah. yeah. Horror yeah. Every, good and bad. You're exactly right. Yeah, good and bad. So. That's right. You know, once you kind of got the music bug... How did you develop it, and where did it take you first? So one of the unique parts of my history was growing up in the 80s in Massachusetts. We had Cape Cod. So Cape Cod was a big resort area, Mm -hmm. and there was a movement in the 80s where there was just guys with guitars. And at the time, there were no drum machines or tracks or any of that stuff. It was just guys with guitars. And sorry, ladies, there just weren't any at the time. There are some now, but right. at the time it was just guys. So I say guys, I'm not excluding anybody. There literally weren't any women at the time. Yeah. Now we've got lots. But we would go to bars and there would be a guy with a guitar and the place would just be pounding. And that person with just a guitar and a microphone and nothing else playing 
you know, hits and uh, obscure songs and telling stories, the place would just be going crazy. And there were places where, you know, an opening for a major band would be a solo guy with an acoustic guitar. And the skill of being able to do that, there was a documentary called The the, the Kings of Cape Cod, which is about all these guys. And they were really kind of, it started with five guys at UMass Amherst who all were friends. And they all kind of went off in different directions and played music. But those were the guys I learned from and how to be able to stand on the stage of 300 drunken 22-year-olds with just an acoustic guitar and a microphone and just blow the roof off the place is a skill that I I don't know how many people these days get to develop. And it was just one of those things where it's like I I, I stand here today and I'm sitting currently, but I, I... I come before you. I come after you. Metaphorically standing. Yes. Thank I, you, I, can, thank met- you, counselor. <laughs> I metaphorically come after you as well. Uh, I object. That's right. Sustained. The, um, <laughs> but there are not very many people coming up today who I'm sorry. can compete with I was going to say, band. I strenuously object. Oh, <laughs> you strenuously Strenuously object. object. Oh, Bob, but I Bob, strenuously Bob, deny yeah. your objection. <laughs> Bob, we do Overruled. movie quotes all we the time. Movie this, quotes so. all the time. A few good men, I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, oh, well, you stripped this subject. Well, let oh. me reconsider that. <laughs> Ooh. Sorry. Rabbit hole. Are you? Are you sorry? You don't <laughs> no, seem no, sorry. Nah, we're no, not because sorry. we have fun doing this. So. Do you think, too, though? Wait a minute. He wasn't done. I'm, uh, that's all right. He was done. <laughs> when um, those guys, that was kind of before the big karaoke thing, though, right? I mean, back in the early 80s, I don't remember the karaoke thing. So if you had a singer-songwriter guy that could come before a bunch of people and get them singing and partying, wasn't that kind of before the karaoke thing kind of got going like yeah, later in the 80s? The, the guy who I kind of mentored under, was uh, his name was Chris Wales. And he would play in this place on Sundays, and they would call it Sunday Night Choir Practice. Okay. And it was the same hundred people, and they would, they would show <laughs> up there and it would be song after song after song of people just singing along oh and gosh. looking at each other and it was the same crowd and they would come they would convene every sunday night and if he wasn't there it was a hole in people's lives and it was just amazing <laughs> to watch and i watched it it was like a religion it was amazing and i was just gonna say that seems sort of like heaven to me and i don't want to jump ahead because i know brad has some stories about some of your songs but the the, the song that resonates with me because it is my life is I'm with the band. I appreciate that. And that's me. There are people in this room who've performed with me in the crowd, and I will be sitting singing along in a world of my own. I don't care who around me hears. That song is it for me because I'm with the band, damn it. There are two stories that go along with that song. I'm with the band originated in, geez, I don't even know what year it was. I was still living in Boston at the time, but I saw you 2 play in the stadium where the New England Patriots play. At the time, I think it was still Foxborough Stadium. might have yeah. been Sullivan Stadium. We can't keep up with all those sponsors. Right. Now it's Gillette and all that. And they're stuff. not paying us to sponsor the show anyway, so <laughs> no. we don't care. No. <laughs> Side note, Patriots are going back to Patriot Red and uh, Patriot that. Pat on the helmet, and I can't wait. But, I that. Yeah. Uh, so I was sitting way kind of up in the rafters, and you two had the stage, and they came out, and they had the place in about 50-yard line where there was a separate stage, and they played acoustic. And they were playing... They were looking around the stadium and they were, you know, they're in the middle of the 50 yard line, in the middle of the crowd on the floor and looking around everywhere. And they're, they're singing and everyone around me was singing along. Everyone around me knew all of the words and everyone around me was trying to hit the notes exactly right. And I'm like, 
There is not a universe where that person can hear me singing this, but for whatever reason, I feel like if I screw up this note, if I miss this note, I'm going to mess up 100,000 people. And what? so that moment right there, yeah. the whole the whole stadium felt like they were in U2 for that moment. You were dedicated to that. You, right. were, you didn't want to screw that up. And that's like I'm with the band because at this moment in this song, I'm as important to this song as those people standing on the stage facing me are. And that's part of it. And the other part of it is as a performer, there were times – where you know you're about to miss a word. David Baker? <laughs> you know you're about to miss a word. You see it coming up the street right, right at you. You're like, just like I'm a singing. Line. I'm just, just like fine. A, just, just like a line on stage. Exactly yeah. right. Yeah. And, and I'm fine. And I'm playing. And I'm singing. And everything's cool. But I see this word, this gap in the words yeah. coming at me. And yeah. I know in the middle of the next verse, I don't know the third word to the third line. And I know it in advance. And so I start scanning the crowd, looking to see who's singing along. It's like, does that person know the words? Does that person know the words? And I see somebody and I focus on them. And it's like, you and me, now we're in this together. And I'm looking at you. And I'm like, I hope you know the words to this song because when this lifeboat comes, we're both getting in it. And then if that person in the crowd gets that word right, nobody notices it. Right. Bang, you're all set and you're yeah. past it. So in that moment, that person sitting in the crowd is just as important as the person standing at that microphone. And that's those are the two things that blended together for the song I'm with the band. There is a symbiotic relationship between performer and audience. And I know it from being on stage as an actor that you feed off the energy of the audience. I know it has to be true as a, a singer, songwriter, performer of music. You hear it in... I'll use Garth Brooks' live album when when he's singing unanswered prayers. He quits singing, and the audience continues the song without him. He's an accompanist. I'll give you a better point. one than that. Okay. I went to see Leonard Skinner one time. Oh yeah, and they did Freebird. Freebird, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they didn't sing it. They right. didn't do Freebird. They turn the microphone yep. around to the audience, yep. and they stand back, and they play the song, and the audience is the lead singer yep. of that band yep. for the next yep. 34 minutes. But as a performer, you, you absorb that energy, and that feeds you. It's it true. really does. I went and saw Garth, and, I, and you know, I, I, had, I had not – well, I am yeah. bragging because I had I not you. seen him. And when you go see him in a concert, it's it's a little bit like a Buffett concert. You the the folks out there are just as important to the fun of the show as the who's on the stage. And yep. you know what? That guy has something that I guess is special because you yeah, just special, all right. if he just you, would if I he mean, could just do a little better for himself. I know, but yeah. here's what drives me insane about Garth Brooks. Right, you go to see him. I've seen him live. He goes out on Bragger. stage and he's out Bragger. there running around and smashing guitars on the stage. Like all right, and it's like Garth Brooks, and then and then they put him on the radio. He's like, yeah. So there's this woman named. <laughs> I just never felt the love that I felt for this woman. I call her, and he goes. <laughs> Trisha Yearwood. <laughs> like, dude, what happened to the guy I just saw on stage right, where he's running to, around smashing guitars? We're going to have to edit this part out because it will totally blow any chance we have of ever getting Garth Brooks on the you program. Know, we, yeah, this, this is going to mess it up. Trisha's not going to let it. all right. We'll, we'll take care of it in post-production. My point is, but Garth Brooks will admit that he's a softie. I mean, he's that's one reason I love him. He cries at Hallmark commercials. I love that about the guy. Okay. Your Let's next story, get, where Brad. Where do we go? I don't know where yeah, we are. I don't know. We're rolling. Who cares? I know. We're having fun. We're so we're drink, we're drinking Don Pancho. Don Pancho. That's and right. What's this other one? Uh, Bamboo. 
Bamboo. Bam. Bamboo. All right. So you left Boston. I did. So you played. How long? How long did you play the bar scene up there? It was about five, six years. I, I played the bar scene. Got got a pretty good following going there. You know, my shows were were pretty full. One of my favorite claims to fame. I played in this place for several years and it was a stacked kind of situation where they had multiple themes going in the same building and the basement section was a rock club and they it, it held, you know, like a thousand people or something like that and above it was the room where I played and then they had a sports bar and kind of stuff like that. So there was one night I was playing and they had Jefferson Starship Oh wow! playing downstairs with Grace Slick? With Grace Slick? No, no, no. no. It was, no, it was, that was, after it was that. that dark time where it was like <laughs> Mickey post. Thomas and yeah, five guys post. he met the night before. But Mickey Thomas had a great voice. Yeah. I mean, post, Tom, Mickey post Thomas post had a Slick. phenomenal yeah. voice. Yeah. And so, uh, and I was playing right above them. And the bar in my room rang more than the bar in the Jefferson Starship venue. Wow. And at that point, that bar looked at me and they said, you're worth more to us than Jefferson Starship. <laughs> I was like, yeah, say that out loud. <laughs> now let's, let's renegotiate my agreement. That's right. They yeah. raised me from $125 a week to $135 oh, a week. Oh, my God. No what did, questions What did you do with all that? I unionized. <laughs> <laughs> And then I went on strike. You struck yourself. Well, I want to know about the legal background. You are a member of the bar. I, I am. I've never passed a bar in my life. <laughs> it's, oh, you knew that I, was coming. I set him up you for that. that. That's a softball. Indeed. I, yeah. I, I, one of the reasons that I've been playing guitar for as long as I have is the people that I've met. And yeah. there, there are places that I go. i, I, I got to be honest. There's a 0% chance I would have ever been to Branson, Missouri. <laughs> <laughs> for any other reason than if I was brought here by Ricky Lamb to play guitar. and But I say that. Well, and, it, and the We Like That Too podcast, right. which I know yeah. you were looking forward to. Well, that's true. Ricky because, wasn't paying me. The, the the We Like That Too podcast, is it's it's ridiculous. You guys picked me up at the airport and uh, UConn and everything. Uh, Ricky, I appreciate that. Ricky didn't provide you with 18-year-old rum. I'm just saying. Or 18-year-old anything else. <laughs> Shit. Oh. Oh. All right. We'll take care of that we'll in post production. Post production. <laughs> Counselor. Wait, it's, it is 18 in Missouri, right? Uh, Lady, not anymore. Lady the witness. Not after today. You know? Do you guys know a lawyer? Uh, not anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> The point being, I thought there might be one coming up. <laughs> that's some, right, at some point. So, yeah. it, but but getting to travel around all these different places to meet the people and see the different areas of the country where it, it where I've been to. I, again, I wouldn't have been to Key West. I probably wouldn't have ever gone. Why? Because I live in San Diego and it's a lateral move. I probably wouldn't have gone there. <laughs> but getting to see that and meet the people, it's just been one of the greatest joys of my life. And I, I could never have done it without music. I don't know. I don't know anybody outside of the, you know, we call it the parrot head circle, the trop rock circle, whatever you want to call the circle we're in, that outside of it, the people that have the worldly influence that we do. I mean, friends of mine who aren't in music but love the group of people who travel to, you know, uh, I went to Cane Garden Bay with some folks and we did a trip of the British Virgin Islands and all those kinds of things and, and, and outside and inside the United States. 
would never have come but for this type of music. Yeah. I know we've talked about this before on the podcast, but I think it's prudent that maybe you and or Bob talk about trop rock, what the genre is, what it means for bon vivants who may not be initiated yet. And I'm going to throw that over to Bob because when you came from Boston and you went over, you moved to California, in the trop rock world, there's sort of the West Coast and then there's Florida and the rest of the United States. Well, not really. <laughs> well, uh, kind of. Well, you, you, I want you to go into it because you know the history and you articulate it most of the time pretty well. Allow me to explain. Please, em- please, <clears throat> so, em- please NPR it for us, will you please? Right. Oh, I was there. And, <laughs> and then, and then she said, the sofa moved. <laughs> Please describe the blood spatters on the sofa. <laughs> there, there are a lot of different interpretations of what tropical is across the United States. And where you live in the United States is your influence on tropical. For example, in San Diego, there are a lot of people who reflect to Hawaii. Right. right. Like Rob Mel is the kind of the ultimate example of the Hawaii guy and, and you know, Dukes on Sunday, all that. And yeah, that's that's yeah. the Hawaii influence. And then you get the the Mexico influence, really, that part of Mexico, the Baja, Baja Mexico. Peninsula, yeah. Right. Sure. And you get Mark Mulligan and those kinds of influences there. And for me, coming up in Trop Rock, my uh, really initiation of Trop Rock, most of it happened in San Diego. So a lot of that was the Mexico influence. The, so the Mexico becomes tropical. And then you go across to the east coast in florida a lot there you have the caribbean influence yep. and that kind of yep. thing because that's off the, the coast islands, there all the islands and yeah. then in the middle where texas is you have kind of the central mexico influence so you get that both access to the the caribbean and central so there's a little bit of a blend it's a, it's a there yeah exactly yeah. and it's its own kind of tropical influence with the the, the gulf coast and all of that sure. so really where you live in the united states determines what your definition of tropical is sure and so i've actually had the debate for years with friends of mine saying well what is the more trop rock beverage tequila or rum and the answers tend to be split between people who live on the west coast and east coast yeah people on the west coast find it to be tequila because Mexico is the big influence for tropical, and on the East Coast, it tends to be rum because of what we're enjoying today. It's not a fair question. Yeah, really. No. It, it depends on where you it's are. Like who's your the, favorite child? And we're in the middle, so we yeah. love tequila and rum. Yeah. And exactly Together. what I'm talking about. Yeah. So so you well, get and the, it probably defaults to beer, quite frankly. <laughs> no, I mean, really. And we go you know. man shark. So, you yeah. know, there we go. So. It's a, I've been from Lone Star to Bellican. Tell yeah. me that. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I've got a lot of beer experience. Yeah. Yeah. Experience? Experience. There it is. Beer experience. To the songwriter mobile. To yeah. the songwriter mobile. Make a note of that. Somebody Keith, write that Keith, down. We get 10% of that one. Yeah. <laughs> I told you we should have had him sign that agreement before I know, we started. I know. I was actually. Uh, Looking back on it the other day, so the first trop rock song that I ever re- that ever released was called California Sunshine. Right, and I wrote that song on the beach in Pacific Beach, California, and I recorded it and I sent it off, and it got played on the radio. But you got played on Radio Margaritaville in its early days. Right? I didn't know I was allowed to mention them on this station. So yeah, what happened this was is a this podcast. is a podcast. Oh, we, screw this is a podcast. We can do anything. We got no answer. You be KIA, mofos. So, uh, so what happened was we're loyal I, to none. That's right. So I sent it off to Radio Margaritaville because that was the only station at the time, and yeah. it had just started. And Steve Huntington sent me back an email saying, "Hey, Bob, uh, we're going to play your song." 
And at the time, Radio Margaretville was based in Orlando, I think it was. And they said, we're going to play your song at 5.25 a.m. on Monday. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, woohoo! I was, I was excited, but I was in California, so... Do, do, the, do the math. That's 2.35 a.m., yeah. so I'm at my computer listening to Radio Margaritaville. And then Steve Huntington came on. He said, ladies and gentlemen, I'm, I'm doing my best Steve Huntington impression here. Steve Huntington. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Bob Carwin with his Radio Margaritaville world premiere with California Sunshine. He played California Sunshine. And then after that, he played a Jimmy Buffett song. And then he played a uh, Crosby, Stills, and Nash song. And then he played a Joni Mitchell song. And then he played a James Taylor song. And then another Jimmy Buffett song. And then after that, he came on and said, you just heard. Jimmy Buffett, James Taylor, Joni Mitchell, Crosby, Stills, and Nash, and Bob Carlin. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's pretty good company, that's Bob. That's good company. Yeah. That's that was good the company. last time yeah. he said my name on Radio Margaritaville. But, you know, you are, I'm sure you recognize that you are one of the few independent trap rock artists that have been on Radio Margaritaville. Well, I'm pretty good at this. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm excellent. My music is amazing. Well, and I'm is. quite a uh, tremendous, I'm kind of a big deal. You are a big yeah. deal. And we just only would wish for you that you would get a little more self-confident. How dare yeah. you? Yeah. How dare you? That's true. You take that back right now. That's true. You know, along those lines, uh, we have the Trop Rock Music Association Awards, which are... I hadn't heard of it. Really? It have, no. It, it, it's for it's for uh, humble musicians, unlike yourself. Oh, well, but, sorry, Bob. For those yeah. who don't know, for Bon Vivants who do not know, we are at Summer Solstice, and uh, the, the, the artist who kicked off the event was named Dennis Davis. Yes. Dennis Davis was nominated for Horizon Award four years in a row. He's been an up-and-coming artist in this industry longer than I have been in the industry altogether. And I've thought that maybe they should just retire it and name it after him. <laughs> so he's the Susan Lucci of the Trout Rock. <laughs> so, was that, wait, was that too... Yeah, no, that's too good. far out there. No, that's an older. Oh, okay. right. For this show, no, okay. I think we're good. Right. I think we're good. <laughs> yeah, you know your demographic. <laughs> yeah, but 2016, you decided I'm going to take the bull by the horns. I am going to be the entertainer of the year, and I understand that you've sort of re uh, re upped your efforts for 2022. So what happened? Well, I, I'm a really big supporter of the Trop Rock Music Association. You are, yes, I am, and I, I thought it was an important thing that. It became a genre and people recognized it and that it was supported. But what happened was there was a belief that it only existed in Florida. Right. Yeah. And so, it, and, and maybe rightfully so. Exactly. And you have the whole rest of the country. Now, I've been advocating for a Trop Rock Music Association electoral college for years and we have not been able to implement that. <laughs> Wait, there's no politics and no religion on no, this show. Yeah. Way to go, Bob. What are you talking about? It's music. We're talking about music. We're talking about voting for music awards. But what I learned was that the rest of the country felt uh, disenfranchised by the Trop Rock Music Association. So in doing that, it, it became lackluster, and people were starting to lose enthusiasm for the genre as a whole. And there were all these artists in Texas and you know the Middle East 
<laughs> Michigan. Uh, and when I say that, I mean Don Middlebrook, obviously. There's nobody else. So no. what I, what I, what I wanted to do, my goal was to bring awareness to this group nationally. And I said, well, if somebody other than a person in Florida wins the award, that then makes the group national. Sure. And it spreads it nationwide. So California is about as far as Florida as you can get because, yeah. I mean, really yeah. seriously, who's in Alaska? Nobody. And it's, it's not real tropical either. Indeed. So. <laughs> I decided to go on a full bore campaign because I wanted to make people realize that this thing could happen. And even if it was a American Idol vote for the worst situation, I didn't care sure. because I wanted to be in the running. I, I wanted to get these people off the bench and realize that, you know what, we can actually make this a thing if you believe that it's a thing. And it, it, it worked out that and people voted for me for Entertainer of the Year. And, you know... I have a lot of self-confidence in that. I think I put on a good show, and I don't think it was ridiculous no. that I won. Um, <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> but I voted for you, Bob. That's right. And I so, did. Look, look at all of the look voters at, look in at this the five, room. Look at the five look people at, at this room at, who voted so what, for you. What happened was five it was votes in right here. But all those awards are going back and forth between Brent Burns and Sonny Jim the whole time. <laughs> And then I won. And then now, since I won, it's only been Donnie Brewer since then. And that's because David Baker refuses to wear the white suit that I give him. <laughs> I know. So you tell I've, him and you tell him and you tell him. I've come know, back just, in 2022 to regain my rightful crown as the entertainer of the year in the Trop Rock Music Association. I think it's about time. I think it's, it's about a, time. It's long past due. Yeah, I true. agree here's with you entirely. One. This isn't my idea. This is yours. You just said it. You so, think it should happen, and I, I agree it, with you. I, I here's my one thing about the Trop Rock Music Association. One every thing. time I see the acronym, I think trauma. TRMA trauma. Sometimes, Bob, that is an inaccurate. It's, All right. So it's music, and it's really what it is to spread the uh, the awareness of the genre and the group nationwide is really the goal. And I want to make sure that people who live in Iowa and people who live in Michigan and California and everywhere outside of Florida understands that this is for them as well, and they have a say in it, and they can. You can bring these people across the country to where you are, and it becomes a more national genre. Here's and that's what, what it is. I, iTunes has it now as a genre. And what, well, there you go. Did we really? iTunes is now because that was something we've always we've well, always yeah. worked towards. Is yeah. are, are we a genre? You, what I are? travel extensively for my job and have most of my career, and I can tell you that even before I started getting into the the trop rock scene, everywhere you go in this country, you will find people who are connected to that. The, the the bumper stickers, the decals on the windows, fins up, that kind of stuff. You see it everywhere. It right. is it is universal, in, at least in the country. It's worldwide. I mean, you get you get trop rockers all over the world. Sure, we do. And yep. the uh, pairheads of the UK. And, and the other thing that I yep. the other the other thing that I um, love about it is the utter joy that it brings people. Anytime I'm around these groups, it's so joyful. It's so fun. There is no drama. It's it's just everybody gets along, and it's yep. it's a fun environment with great music. You know, well, I'll tell you what. I, I was at a, I was at a show one time, and we were 
were seeing, uh, my wife and I were at the show and we, we go back and forth all the time. She says, you know, why do you do this? You just want people to like you, like you, like you, like you. And yeah, there's part What's of that. Your point? But the reality is when I, when I said, well, well, when you and I go to see this person and we went to see the show and, it, and the show we were at, I think was, uh, Stephen Page, who used to be the lead singer of, of Bare Naked Ladies. And now he's on his own because. Yeah. Of other reasons, but he was playing solo and it was an amazing show. And I said, we're sitting here. You and I are sitting here at this show, watching that show, watching him perform. Do you think that we are here indulging his ego? And she said, no, I'm here because I want to hear the music. Like, yeah, that's what I'm kind of trying to explain to you that the thing that I do is I bring this to people that when I play on the stage for an hour and a half today, those people were not anywhere except at that show for an hour and a half. And when you play music, and sometimes you get very, very lucky that you write a song and record it and people will be able to listen to it at home over and over again, and sometimes it's just a live show. But when you are a musical performer, if you connect with people, when they see you, you have lifted them out of literally anything else human in their entire life, and they're with you for that period of time. And that's just just a... a unique joy to bring to people and to be able to purvey that is uh, is just amazing. That is a great transition because what I've got is I've got I've got a few songs and we're going to do a little rapid fire here because nice. because the night that we we're in New Orleans freezing our ass off and I'm standing in that line one of the songs that you played was straight up and I turned to Brenda I go what really it was Paula was that Paula Abdul yeah, did he just play Paula yeah. And it was. But the funniest story is one that you told. You were in California one time and you heard another guy that did straight up and it was your you said, That's my version. Oh no, it's worse than that. <laughs> it's way worse so than that. I'm, I'm correct on that story? Yeah, well partially. Oh, God, so you're not so, gonna be corrected. Yeah, yeah so here's the wow. deal. So I I, <laughs> I was trying to find a way to get rich. <laughs> And I said, American Idol is about to come back on, and Paula Abdul is coming back to American Idol. So I thought, I'm going to record straight up by Paula Abdul. So when she comes on and people Google who she is, they're going to Google Paula Abdul, and they're going to find the Bob Carwin version of Paula Abdul straight up. And I'm going to be a millionaire. And then I, I released it, and it, it did it did well. I have, on all of iTunes music, I have one review. One. And the review says, this guy straight up sucks. And it's because of that song. <laughs> There's always somebody out there to keep you humble. That's right. Yeah, so yeah. I'm watching American Idol, and it was after that. So it was a couple of years later, and uh, Cara Diaguardi was sitting in the Paula Abdul seat. And it was the first year that they allowed musicians to bring guitars into Hollywood right, Week. Right. And this guy got up on the stage, and he played Paula Abdul straight up acoustic. And I'm sitting on the couch next to my next to my lovely wife, and we're watching the thing. And the guy starts playing it, the first couple of chords, and I went, "Huh?" <laughs> and she looks over at me, and he's playing it. And then I went, "Wait a minute!" Wait. And she grabs me by the arm because I was getting ready to throw something at the television. And this guy plays it, and it was literally my like. And, and here's how I know because I play it completely wrong. 
I made up my version of it because I was playing something else and I started singing straight up over it and it just worked. But it's not the correct chord progression. Yeah. And so when this guy was playing it, that guy heard mine and was playing it on that show. And so he played it and then Carrie Diaguardi looked at him. He finished playing it. And he wasn't, Paul Abdul wasn't even on the panel at the time. There was no reason to do it. <laughs> Carrie Diaguardi looked at him and said, that was genius. <laughs> you didn't see a dime, did you, Bob? I almost lost my mind. Oh, my mind. God. <laughs> oh, my God. So by the transitive property. Oh, my gosh. I'm, uh, a, I'm a genius. Okay, next. In keeping with what we were talking about, one of my personal favorite songs, uh, Family Reunion. Oh, yeah. Family Reunion. Because is a- it's a way I feel every time we come to one of these things or, or meeting the minds or whatever, and we see all these people that, with it that we don't get a chance to see, but maybe a couple of times a year. But Family Reunion is one of my favorite songs. So that song is about the feeling you get on Sunday afternoon. When you've been at a Parrot Head event for the weekend and you're packing up the car, getting ready to go, you're like, man, I'm exhausted. I've been at my limit for a couple of days. My voice hurts. I am uh, hungover. I am out of clean clothes, but I kind of don't want to go home. Yeah. And that's where that is. And that song, so I was actually at uh, one of my kids' basketball games. My cell phone rings, and it's Damn It Earl Sanders. Yeah. Damn Earl has never called me once in my entire life. And he called me up and I took the phone. I was like, why is Damn Earl calling me? Is Jerry Diaz dead? And so I took the phone call and uh, he said, hey, Bob, I got this idea for a song. And, it's, and he was describing that kind of moment. And uh, I said, did, did Jerry not want to record that song? And uh, I said, who else did you sell that to? Kelly McGuire? He didn't want to record that. And like, how many numbers down the list were you before you got to me? And so I was able to hook into it and I I recorded that song. And Family Reunion is, it's one of those songs to really uh, grab you by the shoulder, swaying back and forth, kind of, yeah, we get it. We're we're all standing out here at the hotel valet on Sunday at 11 o'clock, having just checked out going, yeah, we're ready to go. Yeah, yeah it's kind of one go. of those worst day of my life is the day I have to leave Key West. Okay, Big Rudy. Big Rudy, the king of karaoke. The king of karaoke. True story. It's a documentary. There's a bar. There was a bar. It's R.I.P. The, the Big Fish in Glendale, California had a karaoke show every Wednesday night hosted by, at the time, a 50-year-old Filipino dude named Rudy. <laughs> and we would go there every Wednesday. It was the kind of place where people would go... Yeah, they bring their own mix. They're like, "Hey, Rudy, uh, play this yeah, mix yeah, of this yeah. song." Like this, have their own CD. Mix. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. Or a and catalog of them. Exactly yes. right. And yeah. people bring their yeah. own books and stuff. Yeah. And and whenever you go to a karaoke show, the host always has one song in their back pocket where they go, "In case the singers start to get too good, I'm going to take control of this show right now." Here's the one that shows you why I'm the host. <laughs> yeah. And his was Mona Lisa's Mona Lisa. Yeah, men have named you. That's right. So uh, there was there was one night we were there, and Rudy had his son come up and sing with him. And so he said, "Oh, here is my uh, my son Rudy Junior. Come up, sing with me." So, like, oh, so Rudy came up and sang with him, and it's like, "Oh, that's kind of adorable." And he go, and then and, and Rudy said, uh, "Oh, I have another surprise for you." It's not racist, by the way, because it's actually how he sounds. They're I'm doing Filipino. it. I'm, I'm doing an impression. It's yeah. Filipino. Yeah, exactly. So uh, he said, uh, uh, "My my grandson." 
is going to come up and say, it wasn't little Rudy. It, it wasn't my grandson. Rudy. It was Rudy Jr. Jr. <laughs> is what he called his grandson. <laughs> and the three of them got up there and sang... It's not unusual by Tom Jones. So there was Rudy, Rudy Jr. and Rudy Jr. Jr. singing Tom Jones. It's not unusual. Oh my and, god! And I said, "Get me to the songwriter mobile." <laughs> but at, at, at one time, the Los Angeles Parrothead Club decided to call me out on it. My people, my love, my life. They decided to call me out on it. They did a flocking after the big fish. And they found Rudy at a nursing home. He had just had heart surgery. They found him at a nursing home and brought him to the show. And he was—he had no idea who I was. Like, I wasn't, like, best friends with the guy or anything. I was just kind of sitting at the show. And people were grilling him about it. And he was like, yeah, that totally happened all the time. And people were losing their minds. It was a complete documentary. Oh, my God. Great. The, Great. Only, the, the last one I had, Bob, yeah. we've already talked about it, was I'm with the band. And I agree. Yeah. And you know what? Tonight, when you looked at the reaction of the crowd, there is something visceral about that song. And, and you know, I know you've written a lot of songs. I'm telling you, buddy, that one is one that just goes It just goes to the heart. It Here, was. Here's what I love about that song, though. The chorus is a sing-along chorus. It is like the perfect loop. Yes. It's a song about a guy who likes to sit and sing along, and the chorus is a sing-along chorus. <laughs> it's so fun. It's like, yeah. Well, I know, you notice I, that. And, it, and it's easy to learn. You know, you can learn it. That's my crowd. Yeah. yeah. You learn it after you've heard it a couple of times. It's like, I can sing along with this. Yeah, it's, it's not perfect. totally depressing, low-down, mind-messing, working at the car wash blues. And it's I not love that, that kind of stuff. It's not that complicated. I do, I do love that kind of stuff. But, yeah, it's hard yeah. to sing. It's yeah. a great sing-along song about a guy who likes to sing along. I, I appreciate that very much. And I really, I, you know, that was a song that I really liked, but I didn't expect it to take off. There's a lot of songs that people write where you go, yeah, this song's going to launch. And you're very, very wrong. And there's songs that you don't expect people to, to, to catch on to it or it, that song to catch fire. And it does. And, you know, fortunately, this is a song that I like that caught fire. We've got to get to the top three picks. Final which, section of the show. And that's would, the three top picks. So actually, I think this is a great category. And am I correct in that Bob came up with this category? No, I think we just... Sprung oh, oh okay. He knows what it is. So well, I, I thought you said that it was his idea, and I think it's brilliant. Uh, well, I don't know. Take but credit for it, Bob. It's, uh, it's a Pornhub, um, <laughs> Redbox, and then you uh, point. Another thing we'll have to take out in post production. I, I, I don't All right. think about it. You so it's. What's the top three picks? It is. I hope I've got the right three. It is the <laughs> top three junk food, junk food, comfort foods, guilty pleasures, guilty pleasure yep. foods that you have. Phenomenal, phenomenal category. Yes, I'll, I'll tell you what. For for me, comfort food is situational, right? So we're not talking about meals. We're talking about grab and go type of stuff. We're talking about snacks. Yep. I presume, okay. right? Yeah, so something like that. For me, I'm going to go number one is going to be a Reese's Big Cup. Oh yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. Not the not the, the the thin ass peanut butter cup thing. No, no, no. Nothing with Reese's pieces in it, or yeah. they they started putting peanut uh, potato chips in it, or they started reversing the peanut. What is that? No, no, I don't know. But the the Reese's big cup for me, if I'm in line at the supermarket and I have to wait, and I'm more than second or third in line, I end up with one of those yeah. every single time. Yeah. The deep dish pizza of, <laughs> of, of it is. <laughs> Uh, of that is a perfect description. 
the this deep is the dish Chicago pizza of Reese's. Deep, 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 deep Your dish thick, <laughs> disgusting, <laughs> not pizza. God. <laughs> so let me tell you this: 15, are you are you a thousand calories a bite? Yes. Closely related. Are you a are you a fan of s'mores? I am totally s'more. What s'more? What you're killing me. You're smalls. killing me. S'mores. No, but do you like no. s'mores? Uh, Bob Carbon is not like s'mores. Bob okay, Carbon well, is anti-s'more. Even if you don't, if you substitute a Reese's cup for the Hershey bar on a s'more, it'll set you free. You know, if you take the s'more and you substitute the graham cracker, chocolate, <laughs> and marshmallow, and marshmallow <laughs> for, for just a Reese's big cup, <laughs> and then don't grill it. Oh, you've got a great right. dessert right there. Well, i got to give that to you. Okay. Right. There you go. There you go. So I took the guilty pleasure type junk food stuff approach to this. So the first one for me is um, popcorn. My mom and dad bowled in a adult bowling league on Saturday nights. and They, would so ship- they were naked or something? This <laughs> 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 is an adult bowling His league. His name was Orville Redenbacher. <laughs> that didn't come out right, did it? <laughs> Strangely enough, everyone in the league was adult. <laughs> but they would drop us off at Grant at Grandma and Grandpa's house every night, and they would watch us while Mom and Dad bowled. And we would watch the Jackie Gleason show and Adam Twelve. And Grandma would pop popcorn on the stovetop, and uh, you know, the, in an old popper. And Grandpa would slather it with butter and serve it out of a big porcelain roasting pan. And you would go up with your little bowl, and he would dip it out of the pan, and he he would he got to eat out of the roasting pan, buttered popcorn, and movie popcorn. And you can have had the biggest meal of your life. I can still eat popcorn. Well, right you on. remember the Jiffy Pops? How many? How those burst into flames? We were the- never allowed to have Jiffy Pops. Oh, you weren't. Oh, well, it was a bastardization. All right. of popcorn. Okay, Mike number three, and I actually did these sort of in order. No question. Red Twizzlers, strawberry Red Twizzlers. I don't want them chopped up. I don't want the little. The little bits. I want the big long ones. When we do theater, we go to the green room. I throw a few of those out there. Yeah. They're always gone. I love them. You eat two or three of them. It's not enough. Red Twizzlers. Huzzah, it, huzzah, huzzah. You like the I red am, Twizzlers? I, uh, red vines are gross. They're sponges and they're disgusting. So Twizzlers, yes. I am a big advocate for red Twizzlers. Thank okay. you. Thank you. Number two, Bob. Number two, I'm going to go with Lucky Charms cereal. (laughs) I always have Lucky Charms. Indeed. Always after me, Lucky Charms. Always after me, Lucky Charms. You were talking about foods that doesn't matter how much you've eaten, you'll still have it if somebody offered it to you. One little wafer mint. And uh, Lucky Charms cereal. Oh, my goodness. And and they've gone insane. They've started adding. They have. I'm glad you brought this up. Calm down, Lucky Charms. I was going to mention this, so, we got so go with it. So we got tell me rant. why they've gone insane, we got, Bob. we got a rant coming up, ladies Original and gentlemen. Marshmallows. Oh, my God. You, you, Let, you've let's name the flavors. The you know the flavors. There's Red Moons, Yellow Stars, uh, Green, Green Clovers, Clovers, and Pink Hearts. And Pink Hearts. Four. Exactly right. Four. Four. That's it. Calm Only down, four. General Mills. My granddaughter, for a treat, gets Lucky Charms. And I was like, Yellow Stars, Green Clovers. And she was like, oh, no, there's... She started rattling off. I was like, what? There's like unicorns and rainbows and (laughs) crunch berries. Someone lost their mind. You crash these things together. There's like seven or eight shapes and flavors, and they're blended. I'm like, this is not right. This is wrong. Okay, 
makers of Lucky Charms, do you think that the reason your sales are slagging is because of the shape of your marshmallows? Oh, you know what? If we put a spaceship shape in the marshmallows, skyrocketing sales. Are you kidding me? Let's go back to basics. Shall we? Yeah. Can we just go back to basics? Some, yeah. Some things don't need the, to be changed or improved. the original My is God. the way it needs to be. Marketing. I believe it on marketing people. I do, too. Yeah. It's Number two one. for me are Tatino's Pizza Rolls. <laughs> Now, really? You were an oh. only child, huh? Well, and he's my a, mother he's worked. A chef my too. mother worked, I mean, and I did have to feed myself at times. <laughs> and God knows they are—they are junk food. But tell I me, tell me, you had a pizza oven, uh, a, a toaster oven on the counter? No, and that's one of my points. Totina's pizza rolls must be baked in the oven. They cannot be microwaved. That is sacrilege. And you must watch them very closely. So the package says 9 to 12 minutes. You put 5 minutes on the microwave timer, but you don't use a microwave. It's just a timer. And then you take your tongs and you turn them at 5 minutes. And you get 4 more minutes. And you stand there and watch them. And, and then the you go second, grab the uh, fire extinguisher the for the microwave because you had a spoon the in there. The second that seal starts to open up and that stuff starts to come out, you've got to pull them. You, they're done. And you dump them, 24 of them on a paper plate, and you eat them all by yourself. Pop <laughs> <laughs> those babies it's in. It's the greatest. Are, are you one of those them. guys who goes to Wendy's and always orders two diet Listen, Cokes? Listen, do you think, think this shape is easy to maintain? <laughs> Just, you know, just ask me. You think the shape is easy to maintain? For a guilty pleasure snack, Tatino's Pizza Rolls. My second one is brownies. Oh, now, wow. here's the deal. There's Janet's Sheet Cake. I was going to say, Brad, I'm a little surprised. No, no, wait a minute. Sheet she, Cake and brownies no, are different things. No. Yeah. This woman over here makes a sheet cake that, is, to my that wife. is beyond words. It is so good. We actually have some in the room. I know. And, and here's what happens with the sheet cake. As it gets a little older, it gets better and better and better. It goes from cake. It goes to brownies. It is wonderful. We all go to these uh, Parrothead events, and everybody brings brownies. I am the guy that, that tests all of them. I don't care. I've never met a brownie I really didn't like. Regardless, you know, later regardless they become Girl Scouts. Of, regardless of what might be in. <laughs> oh, you stole it from me. I was going to say there was one little brownie that tried to sell me cookies one day, and she was a real bitch. <laughs> okay, I'm done. Thank you. Okay. Good your, job, though. No, no, go ahead, Brad. No, no. Okay. No, my All feelings right. are hurt, and I'm going to just pass on to Bob. All right, Thank take you. your brownies and go home. Thanks, Bob. Come All right, up. Bob, number three. Come on, Bob. This better be fucking funny, man. Let me tell you. <laughs> I'm not the one being a pedophile over here. <laughs> Ouch. Oh. 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 I, I didn't. My third favorite snack. <laughs> Thank God. Thank you. That'll be an easy edit. <laughs> <laughs> is uh, crunchy Cheetos. I prefer them over the puffy Cheetos. The uh, grab you by the tongue and swing it around a hot flaming Cheetos. Oh, no. They've got some hot ones now. That's I mean, right. they're really hot. But I do like the crunchy Cheetos. I like the cheese flavor they achieve. I like the crunchiness that they achieve. I think they're the right size, and they are also the right shape. I uh, I enjoy I, I break open the bag, and I pour them in. I don't reach in and get all the Cheeto stuff on my fingers. I, I, I pour them in from uh, back oh, So it's sort of a That's, manual pouring it, it, thing. That's a it's smart like, move. It's actually. a big gulp style of a a smart Cheeto move. appreciation. <laughs> the Cheeto <laughs> dust is always problematic. It is problematic. 
So, my, yes, my my uh, my third I, favorite snack is is a uh, is a uh, crunchy Cheetos. I prefer them over the puffy Cheetos or, 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 or cheese puffs. I don't care for cheese puffs. I don't like anything that squeaks or disappears when you bite it. And uh, I do like the crunchy Cheetos. Yeah, I think that's solid a good, choice. No, solid, solid choice. choice. Yeah. Solid, solid choice. choice. Yeah. So my third choice. It's something we call in my family dip of death. Dip of death originated with my college roommate, and it has carried over to my family, and it is a family tradition. The girls, my daughters love it. Anytime they're home and we're in a party situation, they must have dip of death. Dip of death is nothing more than Rotel, Velveeta and Rotel, tomatoes. Yeah. But you add sausage and hot sausage to it, and it is this unctuous dip. You put it in a crock pot, and you just eat on it all day. Super Bowl parties, stuff like that. We call it Dodd, tip of death. It's uh, great. My last one is what I consider to be a food group. I, I want to be, I want to elevate it to a food group, actually, which I don't think it really is. And it's anything to do with fried dough. Oh. So, Cafe Dumont, for instance. That's the highest level. I mean, we're drinking really the highest level of rum. I think the highest level of fried dough is Cafe Du Monde. Yeah. You got beignets, beignets, right? Sure. Okay. And then the next you go, you got funnel cakes. I mean, you're pretty drunk up and you got to have a funnel cake. That's next. Yeah. And then you got the little Chinese donuts and have well, to be even half the life. Sopapillas. Sopapillas. Did yes. you know, Brad, that every culture, every culinary culture in the world has a version of fried dough? Well, I think fried dough Some is one of the great of things. Uh, the great things of our I, life I agree. is, you go is wrong fried, with fried dough. dough. But That's I, I, but, but I, th- yeah. I, I think beignets, without question. I don't care if you get a wait in line. When I die, if if they don't have beignets, I I, I think I'll just stay around here. Beignets are beignets are fantastic. Um, I agree with you. And the wonderful thing about Cafe Du Monde specifically is that the line is speedy. It's yeah. speedy. It doesn't yeah. matter. It goes all the way out to the street. They pump them out. Yeah, yeah. they do, yeah. and and you can get as many as you want. And, and they're, they're fresh. They are. Yeah, they, because of the volume, they're fresh. And Keith, they're still like two dollars and sixty cents for three. Really? Of them. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. The, the problem I have with your selection, what is that? Uh, right now, I can't have them oh. because, like, I could go to Walmart because I'm in Branson, Missouri. <laughs> <laughs> There's Wait, like you can't go to a Walmart in Southern Walmart. California. Yeah, those, give me a break. Uh, no. Go to Walmart. Which Walmart? The one after the Walmart. Okay, that's the one I'm going to go to. Uh, and get me some beignets. No. All right, that's true. And and here is the thing about beignets. They don't keep. I mean, you can no. you can order them and you can take them back to your hotel and then they get kind of gunky. They are not good they're, the next they're day. Good. Yeah, so if I'm doing this show in New Orleans... Yeah, great choice. Outside yeah. of New Orleans, by the time those things get to me, not my favorite choice. All I, right. know, I know you don't care. We went down to New Orleans. My mom and dad took us down. We were I was young. We went to to Cafe Du Monde. It's kind of a good story. Oh wait, you're right, I don't care. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, well, welcome to the... Uh, I think that's a good time to wrap this up. I think up. we're about ready to wrap B- this up. Bob, I cannot tell you how much I appreciate you coming on the show. No, you're welcome. The podcast, and this, is, this has don't. been as much fun as I knew it would be. Brad's, so you're not on Brad's, the board anymore, Bob? Brad's still Great. looking his wounds that's over right, the beignet right. story. No, let me let me say this. 
and I mean it sincerely. Bob Carwin is one of my favorite performers. I don't care if he's a dick. He's, <laughs> he, he really is. <laughs> I mean it. Bobby, I mean it. Thank you for thank coming on. Thank you very on. much. I appreciate it. Bobby Vons, um, thank you as always Bons. for joining us. And we and, can go uh, to bobcarman.com. Yes. And you can get all of his CDs and everything on bobcarman.com. Please yes. do visit bobcarman.com. B O B K A R W I N as in nancy.com. Bob, thanks. Thanks. It's been a pleasure. It's been fun. Bobby Vons, I've enjoyed Until being a Bobby Vons. Cheers. Cheers. We Like That Too is produced as a labor of love for the enjoyment of Bon Vivants everywhere. To get information about our bottles and links to our guests, go to our website, welikethatpodcast.com. Tune in to new episodes by subscribing on Apple, Spotify, and other popular streaming apps. Please remember to rate, review, and share. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at We Like That Podcast. So everybody, hey, remember the numbers. One bottle, two good friends, and three top picks because we like that too. We like that too. We like that too. We like that too. We like that too.